temperatures in southeast Nebraska are holding on to the 40s. We also have some cloudy skies and the chance for maybe a few isolated showers this morning, but the best chance for rain really continues to be in this afternoon and evening as we'll see a little bit more widespread showers and also maybe the occasional thunderstorm. Highs today remain pretty cool in the upper 50s. I'm Storm Alert 2 meteorologist Brittany Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's roll on a Monday morning, 608. 52 degrees. Kind of warmish out there right now. Uh, some rain potentially here on the way later today, but uh, all in all, forecast uh, looks pretty decent. Friday is the day, by the way. Friday's the day Dr. Dewey told us yesterday. You know, you always hit that one day in November where there's, uh, where you get out of the car, you get out of your office, and uh, that wind just bites you for the first time. Yeah, that, yeah that's happening Friday. So be cooler uh, if it didn't. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. But the good news is it looks like after that we get a few days back into the above normal uh, type of range, and and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Uh, but in terms of the uh, in terms of the rain today, we are looking at uh, its peaking chances in the mid afternoon, right around kid pickup time for school. So. If you're uh, you're wondering about that, that's the best chance for for a little bit of rain today. Then the wind's going to go up, and it's going to be kind of a kind of a crummy night after that. So I don't want it to get cold because yesterday, for the first time, we took Millie out in shoes and her like walking. Because oh, she's a big walker now. She loves walking and just figured out how to walk in shoes like two days ago mm. because it was a I don't know how to step. This is very right. different. Figured it out, and yesterday just wanted to go, go, go on the trails around the apartment complex, and yeah, and that's that that's all I want to do now. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Uh, tomorrow, fifty-four sunny, sunny Sunday, fifty-three Sunday sunny Monday, Monday fifty-nine sunny Tuesday sixty-two sunny Wednesday fifty-six cloudy. So you got, I mean, you're good for a while. It's coming though. Sweet, she does have this puffy coat with like rainbows all over it it's adorable and she's adorable and i love her <laughs> okay that's, that's nice <laughs> jeremy says a nice cold snap for opening a firearm deer season this weekend jack can use his super duper scope uh thanks jeremy but can we actually use the model number xc 3000 b the xc 3000 b so yeah but i like message- to scope in i like to get a closer look at the the deer yeah, but on the message boards, we've just been calling it the Super Duper Scope. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's what amateurs who aren't in the game call it. But no, the XC three thousand B is it's that's what I you know they're not paying me to say this or anything. I just think it zooms in better than the other scopes. I get a clearer and better zoom with it. You know, if you were to been around while we were farming back, you know, odd fifties and sixties. And could have spread some of this stuff around on our fields. We'd get a lot better <laughs> crops. You zoom right Do, uh, in. Uh, let, uh, what? You zoom right out. You wouldn't you want me. Right I mean, in. if you were farming animals, you wouldn't have wanted to have me around there with my XC. Well, you should be able. To, you should be able to tell the difference between a Holstein effer and a deer. If you've got your that, I can scope. antlers. Doy. Not all deer have antlers. Not all heifers don't. Most do, don't though. 
some weird kind of genetic experiments happening. Also, also the heifer, fatter. <laughs> Try yes. again. Yeah. Try again, Mark. True. Sorry. I think I passed that test. <laughs> and, and if you do find that deer that's as fat as a heifer, <laughs> shoot. Shoot now. <laughs> It's probably an elk. <laughs> yeah, hunting's <laughs> honey. That's a moose. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're doing deer hunting Saturday morning, you're gonna have to put on the extra warm orange clothing. Yes. Ooh. Did you see that? What, did I see what that forecast? Yeah, we were just talking oh. about it. That's what got oh, us I into was... it. About how I know you were busy Friday. About Friday's get, Friday's that first day that where you come out come out of the car, get out of the door, and that that wind just hits you and bites you. That's going to happen on Friday. That's really our, our first what I would call hard freeze is uh, Friday night into Saturday. Uh, uh, so are you saying I need to put the car in the garage? No, you don't have to, but I would recommend I, I should. it. Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, do I still, I don't know if they're all gone already, but I do like to spend that first truly, truly hard freeze, Mark, sitting outside, taunting the bugs and taunting my allergens while they slowly, slowly die a painful death. As cold as it's going to be on Friday, I think they're going to start to slowly stop, and by the middle of the night, they will have perished. Good. You've got a. I look. I look forward to watching that. Did I see you had like a, a fire pit? Uh, yeah, I got a solo stove. It's the yeah. new hot fire pit. You should let it run all night to have a few bugs that would survive them. No, they're done. I've I, this was this was. Let their ancestors know you were kind to them. I'll tell you what. A lot of people like to talk about climate change and and those sorts of things. I think there's bug change happening. I think there's bug, and, and I already told you, we've talked many times how I think this city has got way more of certain sorts of animals all over it than it ever did in the past. You mean but, evolution? Yeah. Does evolution just include the foxes multiplying by a million in this city? So, so. I'm driving down Highway 2. There's a fox just sitting right there in that grassy area by 27th and Highway 2. Saw one today on the way in. So I had seen... I'm telling you, I'd seen one in 25 years of living here. One or two, ever. Now I see one or two legit weekly. I mean, legit. And the same thing happened with, you know, it's happening with the foxes. It's happening with the coyotes. I, there was one just walking in our neighborhood in broad daylight the other day when I was driving around with my daughter. I stopped and took a picture of it. But it's happening with the bugs, too. I believe that there were more flies. Whatever's going on with the foxes and coyotes and Canada geese is also going on this summer with flies, with ants, with wasps, with all of these things. And again, you, we can we can be worried about a whole lot of things about the politics of our of our city, of our community, uh, of our all of those things. I don't hear anyone talking about the animal takeover. That's happening right in front of our eyes. Well, perhaps there's, because we've done such a good job with wildlife management, with the habitat management, there's more bugs and there's more animals that eat the bugs, more animals that eat those animals, and eventually you get to the foxes and coyotes. We got so worried with habitat management about whether we could do it. (laughs) We did never consider whether we should do it. Stop it. I'm glad you at least understood that. I just, I, I, at the pace we're going at, I mean, if you extrapolate the pace of growth of Canada geese, foxes, coyotes, bugs, I mean, probably name some other animals I'm not even forgetting, they'll be running around 
Animals will oh, not well, even forget. 2030, they'll just be running all over the floor here of, of broadcast house. The raccoons everywhere. in our apartment complex have Raccoons, you can nuts. add them to it. can add them to it as well. We've got a squirrel that's uh, out in the tree here in front of our uh, window in the newsroom. He's constantly you know, running around there. Maybe it's because of where I live now, but I used to live on, on South 33rd Street over there by Lincoln Southeast High School. The, the, oh, yeah, the squirrels. The squirrels were, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was the only animal to even talk about back then. This, I mean, the squirrels were, every, I feel like maybe squirrels are going down. I think squirrels are attracted to educational campuses. Is that it? I, I really think that's it. If you, <laughs> Yeah, they're nuts. Yeah, that too. Uh, but on any, and this was a thing when I was in college, she was like, the squirrel, there's a lot of squirrels here. There's a lot of squirrels and geese. And any, anyone I talk to on any campus, they're like, Everyone thinks that their squirrels are like just the most. Wait, 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 wait! The Standing Bear High School squirrels, the no. Standing Bear no. squirrels, no, the Standing Bear squirrels. Oh, with a little, you could have. Oh, too bad. I was gonna say it would like be like the aviators with like the goggles on, but they already did theirs. I don't know the squirrels. Think about it. Think about it. LPS. Okay. There aren't enough trees out there. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's, yeah, but in in thirty these are prairie years, squirrels. in thirty years, when the kids go there, it'll make all the sense in the world. Uh, all right, I suppose we should talk about something on the animal takeover of Lincoln. Marine Corps birthday today. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. Seventeen seventy five. On the on the day before, uh, as as we're uh, getting up to uh, Veterans Day yep. too. Marine Corps Day. It's called. Uh, it was actually. Uh, Established in 1775, November 10th, by the Second Continental Congress. But after the Revolution, uh, they were abolished following the Treaty of Paris. Really? And then uh, Congress ordered the creation of the Marine Corps again in 1798. They were like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. So what you're saying is Nebraska men's basketball last night was just a gift to the Marine Corps. Mm, what? Western Illinois, oh, the Leathernecks? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and a little bit of a gift to Ted Carter because, you know, the Marine Corps is part of the Navy, and he's a mm-hmm. big Navy man. <sighs> yes, we went eight, nine minutes without mentioning it, but Nebraska basketball 0-1 <laughs> on the season, lo- losing heavily favored to Western Illinois. And uh, we can talk about the problems with the offense, problems with not getting rebounds, but, the tr- I mean, the true thing that I think it starts time, time to talk about is w- – and, and and we can debate coaching changes to make them or not, not with basketball, but with what's happened <laughs> with football. But is it really time to consider an exorcism or some kind of a ceremony <laughs> Just for Nebraska. on the campus of, of Nebraska? Women's basketball won by like 50. And I get women's basketball and volleyball are doing fine, but the, the, the ones that we primarily carry here on KLIN, we can't buy a, you know, can't buy a win here, football and basketball. Just a little baseball ceremony. Baseball just won the Big Ten championship. I just want to, you know, I don't know what we need to sacrifice. I don't know what we need to burn. Brennan's going to say Lil Red. If, if Lil Red, <laughs> Brennan would say if Lil Red needs to be sacrificed to the sports gods, so be it. Put him in a something a, needs a, to happen here put, at this put, point. Put him in a Buffalo uniform and take him to what campus was that? Uh, that oh yeah, that was uh, Fordham. Yeah, yeah, the Rams. Yeah, that was the Rams. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm starting to want to do something ceremonial just to try it at this point because it feels like everything is bound to go wrong for Nebraska football and basketball right now. So. 
Husker basketball gets at it again on Friday. We'll talk more about this to, today with the uh, loss last night to Western Illinois. Hey, it was close. Yeah, the amount of people tweeting, hey, one score loss. Well, another one possession <laughs> loss. The rest got a shot but to win it at the end. That's but... how you know there's improvement. Oh, God, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Uh, for... well, you're going to have to. I know, I know. At least twice uh, twice more in football. Yeah. Hey, Alexis Markowski made her Huskers regular season debut yesterday. Looked good. Lincoln Pius graduate there uh, going to play. And they absolutely destroyed. They took care of business. Okay, yeah. Main. And everyone kind of looked good. Yesterday Good. for the Oscar women. Well, yeah, they. I mean, I just saw the score afterwards. Didn't they score over hundred? Yeah, yeah. That's triple digits against Maine. Um, <laughs> Fort Mary's attorneys filing another pre uh, pretrial motion in his case in California. Now asking, they've already asked once to dismiss because of venue. Um, I think that's uh, that's an intriguing one. The next one now is uh, essentially a pretrial. I don't know if if it, this is the. This is what it's called in, um, in in a federal situation like this, but essentially saying the indictment doesn't state a claim on, you know, state enough facts in the claim to to merit a conviction. Essentially, so try and put it in layman's terms, basically saying even if everything you said was true in the indictment, even if it, all the facts, which we would argue about, but even if all the facts were true, it still doesn't present a legal claim on which conviction could be granted. Um, that's essentially what it is. I would I would say this. This one looks like a lot more of a long shot, I think, than the venue one. Um, but we will see. And, and there was a lot of discussion in, in and around that motion that this is a setup by the FBI. Uh, and essentially, they, they went and asked him about these details of a conversation a year later um, that they knew he wasn't going to be able to recall. And so, on that basis, it should be dismissed. That, to me, sounds... That may be true, but that, to me... I read the indictment, and there was some specifics about the first conversation with the informant that were in there. There were some quotes. There were those sorts of things. And so, to me, there's still going to be a dispute about the factual situation, and that'll probably have to be resolved at trial. So, that would be that would be my guess on that one. I do still think the venue one, though, is uh, is interesting. So, there's your legal update there on the Fortenberry case. Um, I don't know. Anything else that we have going on here this morning, Mark? Well, uh, risk dial stayed in the uh, low orange for the second week. High risk spread. Case numbers going up. Positivity rate going up. Uh, one more death reported yesterday. A young man in his 20s. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Wow. So, so okay. uh, numbers are going the wrong way. Yeah, they are. Um Seems like every, we we heard that about the state. We talked about that yesterday. Yep, with, in the state. With the state issues. Um Back up over 100 uh, new cases a day and uh, almost 100 hospitalizations pretty steady the last uh, several weeks. My goodness. And you've got um, vaccine news, too. We've got the kids that have been able to get it for a week. I know that we talked yesterday. They had their first clinic this weekend at Lincoln High. Plus, they've been private pharmacies have been doing it. But it sounds like now Pfizer is going to open up for a booster to a wider group of yeah, they've, people. Yeah, they've asked for uh, boosters for anyone 18 and older. So we'll see how far that goes or how long it takes. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, the 5 to 11-year-olds, uh, there's three clinics yet this week in the county. Uh, one today at, okay. in Waverly at the uh, Community Foundation, Friday at Norris High School, and Saturday at, um, i trying to think. Well, it's all right. We, yeah, it's, we, it's we here. It's at KLIN.com. KLIN.com. And, and I know, um, hearing about the first one, that was... 
the first one there at Lincoln Eye on Saturday it was filled yep, up quickly. Filled up. It was it was busy. And, and, and I can tell you also the 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 appointments. Uh, you had to go. I mean, I eventually slow down, but you were looking a week out for most yep. of the appointments. Well, at, Wa- at Waverly Waverly and North is pretty well full as of yesterday. Just a few left for Saturdays. I think it's at Northeast. Yeah, it's at Northeast on Saturday from nine till two thirty. Okay. So okay. I know. Right. Enough, I, sometimes I know enough. I just can't think of. That's all right. We uh, that we we appreciate that, and you can, as you said, get that information. You want to look it up at klin dot com uh, to uh, to search for those. Um, okay, real quick. It's it's a Wednesday, uh, and so that means we got what chaps ride Wednesday today. That's coming up at seven ten. If you've got uh, daily chappings that you would like to send in, you can do it via the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred, or at our Facebook page, which has a thread there. Facebook dot com slash lnk today. A couple of other things today. We have Fantasy Huskers coming up in 10 minutes. We're going to hear from our friends at the Salvation Army and High V. We've got our turkey drive. It's about that time for Thanksgiving coming up. So that's coming up on Friday. Um, and so we'll tell you a little bit about that here in about 10-15 minutes as well. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. they got another show coming up this weekend. And John Bishop is going to join us. He and I have been kind of on a different sides of the whole Scott Frost thing as we've talked about it over the course of the last week or so. We'll get his reaction to the decision by Trev Alberts and the University of Nebraska Athletic Department to hang on to Scott Frost, but Scott making changes on the staff. So we'll get into that with him as well. And so we, got, we got a lot of prizes today, too. We got prizes to give away, We've too. got four pairs of LSO tickets. Yes. And then we've got Husker men's basketball tickets for Friday. Okay. All right. Ooh, wow. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, as long, as, long as we didn't give everyone the impression that everything is horrible. With Husker men's uh, basketball, please go watch. They, I'll say this: they uh, they beat Creighton a week from last night when they come in. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. Yes, <laughs> very, very simply. Very, very easy to assuage the uh, loss. Yes, that would that would very much put that in the rearview mirror quickly. We're a benevolent morning show. Exactly. All right, six twenty-five. Boomer, millennial, and an Xer, right? It's uh, yeah. it's exactly right. Uh, Cross generational. Use an LNK today with Jack. And- as temperatures in southeast Nebraska are holding on to the forties, we also have some cloudy skies and the chance for maybe a few isolated showers this morning. But the best chance for rain really continues to be in this afternoon and evening, as we'll see a little bit more widespread showers and also maybe the occasional thunderstorm. Highs today remain pretty cool in the upper fifties. I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Brittany Foster. It's the weekly fantasy draft that could win you a whole lot more. Time to play Fantasy Huskers on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. All right, it is time. We're giving away a staycation every week during the fall, even on football bye weeks, even though, you know, it's usually a fantasy football game. But we got the prizes. We want to hook somebody up during the bye week. And so we're giving you a $50 gift to Valentino's one night stay at the Cornhusker Marriott free round of adventure golf. We've given one away every week of the football season, and we keep going this week. But since there's no football game this week, we thought we would instead. Look at the basketball team on their debut week. And, of course, they did drop a game last night, but they play again Friday, and that's the one that we're looking at for Fantasy Huskers. We want to know how many points they score in that game on Friday against Sam Houston State. Caleb, what was the score again uh, of the game last night? Last night, uh, Nebraska scored 74. 74 last night, if you want a little bit of a, a sampling. I think they're gonna. I would say go above. I think that's going to be kind of a bottom 
baseline for what they're going to do. I think they're going to score more than they that. They shot as well. poorly, missed a lot of field goals. So I'm, you know, I'm giving Tina help if she wants it. She may not want it either, and that's totally fine. It's her pick to do what she wants with it. Good morning, Tina. How are you? Doing good. Okay. What do you, What do you think? Uh, how many points do you think they put up on Friday? Well, my favorite number is eight, so I'm going to go eighty-eight. 88. Very good. That's what oh. I predicted for my exhibition pick. Oh. Very good, Tina. We're in the same place on this one. Uh, all right, 88. I have you down for 88. Best of luck, all right? All right, thank you. All right, very good. So Tina's in at 88. You have another chance to make a pick this afternoon on Drive Time Lincoln, 535, and then 635 a.m. the rest of this week here, including Friday's Friday Husker tailgate. Well, it is that time of year again. The weather's going to be changing. We're into November. Man, we are mere weeks away already for Thanksgiving. And something that we've done here at KLIN and all the broadcast house studios is partner up with the Salvation Army and try and uh, get some turkeys for them because they need a lot of them and they use a lot of them. And we've got a great connection uh, last couple of years with High V here in town. So joining me in studio right now uh, from the 7th and Pioneers High V, Nate Johnson, Major Mark Anderson from the Salvation Army. Nate, Mark, Good morning. How you guys doing? Good to see you. Good morning. It is a great day in Lincoln, Nebraska. It is, and it's great to have you guys with us. Uh, all right, it's a busy time of year for you right now, Major Mark. Um, just give me an idea, not only with everything that's going on with the turkey drive, with Thanksgiving, um, and getting ready for Thanksgiving, but then kicking off into the Tree of Lights uh, as well. Yeah, it has really been a really good season. We had a great kickoff this last Friday with lighting up the tree at... Uh, 50th and oh i hope you stop by take a look at that tree as a beacon of hope to the community uh getting ready for the turkey thon is always an exciting time we are raring and ready to go we've been receiving applications from family uh, for the last couple weeks we're going to continue to do that through friday so if you need some help or know someone who needs some thanksgiving help a basket the the food the whole bit Stop by the Salvation Army at uh, 27th and Holdridge and uh, get them signed up today. Get them signed up tomorrow so that we can get going. But I am so excited. Broadcast House is going to take over 70th and Pioneer, High V, and Nate Johnson is going to allow it to happen at least. It'll be controlled. I know it will be, but uh, it is an exciting time. Anytime we have Turkey Thon and anytime Broadcast House comes as an army out to help raise uh, turkeys and attention for those who are less fortunate in Lincoln. Uh, yeah, the, thank you, Nate, by the way. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for letting absolutely. us be out there. We, I, I was there last year hanging out with you, I remember, on, on that Friday. We had... Uh, we had some great success, but uh, th- tell people how this is kind of going to work on Friday. We're at, again, the, the 70th, I call it 70th and Pioneers. I know that's not the real address, but no, that's, that's what correct, I call it. Yeah. 70, the 70th and, and Pioneers High V, where you, and, and by the way, I'm there all the time anyway, because I, that's my grocery store I go to a lot. Uh, but tell us how this is going to work this coming Friday if people would like to uh, donate a turkey. Sure. So anybody who's in there can just donate money. We have it real simple for you. We'll have a register set up right by the the east entryway uh, where you guys will be and you can just come donate money we use that money turn around buy food for families in need in Lincoln and it's that simple in years past we had taken turkey donations but because of supply chain issues this year it's just going to be cash so okay and uh, uh, but it's still and the hope is that'll still be used though major mark as I understand oh, yeah. it to to buy the buy the meals buy the turkeys a- those absolutely sorts of right and we have a lot of companies and individuals who are dropping off turkeys at the Salvation Army during the 
this time. So we, you know, we're trying to stay COVID compliant. We're mm-hmm. trying to stay safe. And so here is a non-contact way you can come in, uh, use your credit card. I, they, you, you do take credit oh, cards yeah, and all that. Kind of, oh, yep. that'll be great. Mm-hmm. And you can help fund this project this year and help families who are in need. Uh, we've had companies, one company, over 30 turkeys they've committed to this year. So we're very excited about uh, doing this. We know it's got to be done a little differently than in the past. Uh, it used to be you could carry a big frozen turkey in and we, could... we used to load a truck up out here as i <laughs> yeah, recall that's right Brought the big freezer truck out here and i was loading turkeys in all afternoon that that is absolutely right but, and that's still happening to an extent but they're coming and bringing them by the army and uh in high v's case we're going to do just a the whole thing is going to be sort of uh the type of, of approach where you can be safe and you can help out uh, non-contact. Uh, real quick, Mark, uh, just uh, tell us, you, you mentioned it, of course, you get you get applications, you get requests for these. H- who's who's doing this and, and, um, and how much do you usually have to fulfill per year to, to get everybody who asks for it uh, the meal that, they, that we would all like to have yeah, on Thanksgiving? O- over last year, 400 families came through. Uh, we, we feel like there's about, about five people per family that are coming through. Seven different languages are spoken uh, here in Lincoln and and come in to sign up for these baskets. So we're seeing people from virtually all over the world who have moved to Lincoln, who need assistance and and want help during this holiday season. The numbers are trending uh, where they were last year as far as people in need. Uh, and, you know, we know the next two days are going to be a mad rush down at our place. It's like Grand Central. You know, everybody's coming in because mm-hmm. they want to get signed up. And, of course, right on the heels of that, we'll begin sign-ups for the toys and the Christmas baskets and, and that doubles really the number of people coming through the doors. So this is our busy time, and this is what we've geared up for. And really, the piece that's missing is if uh, someone doesn't make that donation, it's going to be missing uh, that piece to make it all happen. So those dollars that are, are donated on Friday at the at the grocery store at Hy-Vee will will go towards providing turkeys locally to these people who've requested them yep. and, and and the rest of the fixings. Yep. And, and, the, and the rest of the fixing, the whole traditional mm-hmm. Thanksgiving meal, the basket. In fact, uh, it's really interesting to note we have to adjust things. So there's a menu when you come in to make applications. Some people uh, like potatoes, some people like rice. So they can check the box. Uh, oh. the three different types of meat because we know that culturally – it is important for us to to identify foods that people are going to eat and try to help them to have a great Thanksgiving. But interesting, across the cultures, this day, just this this chance to sit down and share a meal with family. It's some, you know, it's what we think about when we think about this day. It really is, yeah. and it makes me feel great to know that families across Lincoln are going to have a great meal for Thanksgiving, and they're going to benefit because of this turkey thon. And again, you know. We just really have to hammer the doors at 70th and Pioneer yeah. this Friday and, you know, make Nate Johnson go, hold on now. We can't all come in at once. <laughs> we can't. You know, it's interesting, Nate, because I remember we were doing this last year, and this was kind of just at the peak of everyone uh, having to figure out the uh, the grocery, picking up groceries. Yep, and yep. That, that system has been a little bit more streamlined now, as I've noticed. Yep, yep. It's, the- it's much better this year. We had a lot of hurdles to get over in the last, I don't know, 18 months oh now. It's went over it's went just like a flash. But, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty good. We're ready to go. We're ready to help out Mark.
mark in the Salvation Army. Um, last year was probably our best year, don't you think, Mark? Oh, yeah, it really was. It, yeah. it builds every year. Yep. So I think this year we'll have an even bigger year, bigger turnout, and I'm excited. We're excited. So so, so we'll be stationed, and, and Caleb is going to be there on Friday. Caleb, what is your time that you're going to be there on Friday? I will be there from 10 to noon. So what, you, what do I need to know? <laughs> you what you need you, to be ready. I mean, how many people are going to show up just to take pictures with me? Well, that, that's right. That's you're a popular right. guy, so probably thousands. <laughs> we'll have to tape off an area for you and maybe, you know. You, a little security. The, the turkeys through one door, pictures of Caleb through another. Got That's it. right. That's true. But throughout the day, um, on 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 Friday, we'll be we'll be set up in the same place, just right there on, uh, yep, on, on the, the east, east side. side. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, on the east side there, and like like you said, you can make a donation via cash, via credit card, uh, however you want to do it. And as you're going in, and you know, I'm going to guess Nate because, like I said, it's getting chilly. It's a Friday before a weekend. Well, this is one of the. This is going to be one of these days that there is a run on all of those cold weather type items. The ingredients for chili. I'm going to catch you yep, putting out yep. front. Right, people starting to think about the turkeys and the hams. Hey, if you need a job, come see me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like, like you're a, the expert in here. Like I've been there enough. I at least know. And I'll tell you this: you've shopped there enough. You're actually putting together the marketing guy. <laughs> exactly. I uh, I know where everything is too. So when I'm there, I'd be glad to direct you. And it's funny. <laughs> it's funny now because I'll go in there and shop and. Uh, we went there what a week or two ago and recorded all of the, you know, say hey, come out yep, to the turkey yep. drive, and it's it's a weird thing even after all these years to be in the grocery store shopping and then yours your voice on the loudspeaker <laughs> yeah. talking to you. So anyway, it it should be should be a great time. Let's get a lot of donations out there for the Salvation Army so these families, like Mark said, can uh, you know can do something that we all look so forward to when we think of Thanksgiving. It's that moment of sitting down together and and having a meal and and, and having a feast. And that's going to be possible because of what you do in the community. So when you're out getting your meals, your feast for the weekend, you'll have a chance to give right there too. Again, 70th and Pioneers, Hy-Vee, for Turkey Drive for the Salvation Army. Uh, Make that donation if you want to bring extra cash. If you want to do by credit card, you can do it either way. Anything else to add, Major Mark? Just really want to thank everyone in the community. The red kettles are on the streets. So, you know. Again, the weather brought to you by John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. We are starting off with cloudy skies and mild temperatures, at least for a November morning, as most of southeast Nebraska is sitting in the 40s. Some of you might see a few isolated showers this morning, but the best chance for rain is actually going to be really this afternoon and evening. Scattered showers, maybe the occasional thunderstorm likely really far southeast Nebraska with highs in the upper 50s. I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist, Brittany Foster. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Six weeks to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I want to get a big thanks to uh, to Major Mark and Nate from Hy-Vee coming in. And, uh, come, go see Caleb. Go meet Caleb in person. See the man bun live. I got my haircut <laughs> yesterday just for this week. But the man bun's still there, so you can still see it oh, live yeah, yeah. and what, in what I mean all is its I, glory. I got it cleaned up on the sides. I trimmed my beard up this morning. The Caleb top will, knot's all there. Caleb will show you some pictures of his of his cute daughter on his phone, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. I do like the top knot. The, t- the top knot's pretty cool. 
Sure. Uh, <laughs> the people that seem to be most appreciative of the top knot are the ones whose hair can't grow long enough to have. Oh the top wow. Knot. Okay. I I feel like that was passive aggressive. I was on your side <laughs> when I walked in. You just turned the tables yeah, in this room. Kind of it. Oh, very turntables. Very dis. Oh, how the turntables. Uh, Officer Chad, how you doing, Chad? I'm good doing to, pretty well. I was see you. I was doing great till the hair quit, quit here. I mean that just. I, for what it's uh, worth, I did have a mullet at one point. Oh my gosh, and it was that a I sweet mullet. <laughs> Wait, what year are we talking here? Ish. Late 80s, 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I was going to say, probably. When they were cool. Like a Billy Ray Cyrus type mullet? Or is that no. what we're looking at? Or like a Joe Dirt mullet? Or like I, a, I'm ashamed or like... to admit it was a Joe Dirt mullet. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. It was a Joe Dirt mullet. Awesome. I, I never wore the half shirts with no sleeves. Oh, so my I just gosh. Couldn't, I want to meet, go that far. I wanna meet late 80s you so bad. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, here's my question today. Here's my question today, because I see, you know, largely in, in TV and movies, but in real life, too, uh, handcuffs used all the time, very frequently, all the time. How hard are hand? Can you just really go, whoopoo, whoopoo, and get them on, or are there... Are there handcuff bloopers out there that exist? Uh, actually, there are. Yes, yes there are. Um, handcuffing is what you would call a perishable skill. And <laughs> if you don't do it quite often, yeah, you lose lose a hang of it, you lose a knack. Um, but, yeah, you can get those things on really, really quick if you practice up a yeah. little bit and you okay. stay practiced. Like you um, use the momentum of the things. So it's a push-pull motion. Okay. Um, here comes the old defensive tactics instructor in me. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing you're going to do is get the person into a handcuffing position. Mm -hmm. um, turn and face away from me, hands behind your back, palms up, palms up, spread your hands slightly, don't move, turn your head away from me, and then I'm going to move up, and as I move up, as soon as I make contact, I'm going to make contact with my left hand because I'm a, a strong right-handed person. I'll have the handcuffs loaded up in my right hand with the single bar forward. I will make contact with my left thumb to your right thumb, push your hand, and push the handcuff on at the same time. God, the amount of detail in this is shocking. I, did I, I may have done this once or twice. Okay. <laughs> once I have that handcuff on, I'm going to reach over, shake your left hand with my left hand, and simply rotate my right hand 90 degrees up from the bottom with the single bar up. Push, push, handcuff. If, you, if you're if you're good and experienced, how quickly does everything you just explained take? Two seconds. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Two seconds. That's what um, I thought. You know, maybe we could bring in some handcuffs in and, and okay. do a demonstration can, one day. We can try that. Yeah. Okay, do hand, let me ask you this. Do handcuffs have... A, like just a key, like an old timey <laughs> key that goes with them. They do actually. Or, they're they're. Or you have like key fobs now for those no, things. No, no. <laughs> if we had a key fob, somebody could go to AutoZone and get a program. Okay, that's probably true. And I know radio is not visual, but I'll show Jack and Caleb here. That's the key. It is teeny tiny, and there's a lot of reasons. Do all the for that. keys work for the same? Uh, uh, any key work for the same handcuff? So I have. I think I, I have can pick here that. Was, Oh, you can. <laughs> Challenge accepted, sir. Challenge accepted. Um, yes, let give him the whole entire three-hour show and let him I, try and pick a handcuff. Deal. Have you seen Modern Should, Family? I have not. And, and, um, there's one of them on there where one of the dads he's trying to do a magic trick and he's handcuffed. He's like, well. That that didn't work. <laughs> now I think it'd be a lot of fun to handcuff Caleb to his chair. Yes, and have it, and let him engineer the show that way. Once he picks his way out of it, he can go. But until there then, he's what, behind the chair. What am I going to do for the other three hours? <laughs> oh, 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 
Next Wednesday it is, sir. How often are there... So, let me ask you this, too. There are some people who have really small wrists and yes. small hands. Yes. Can, have you, can people slide like this way out of it if they can get their hand like this? There are people that are, I don't even know how to say it, flexible enough or double-jointed enough that can manipulate their, their thumb low enough to get it past. But if you do it correctly, if you grab around your wrist, you feel a natural notch mm-hmm. where the joint is. That's where that's my where watch the, goes. Well, that's where the handcuff goes. Okay. So I'm going to move your watch out of the way next week <laughs> and make sure it's on there. I don't even have to go really, really tight. As long as I can slide the tip of my index finger between your flesh and the handcuff, it, it's going to be uncomfortable regardless just because it's metal on, on skin. But as long as I can just slide the tip of that finger between your skin and the handcuff, it's on correctly. Is- is there any ever procedure that you see this in places in, in TV and stuff where you'll handcuff someone to an object? Is that is, is there any procedures where that actually is okay or happens? <laughs> it is against LPD policy to do that. All right. um, I I would be lying if I said it's never happened. There are extreme circumstances where, um, say, somebody is in, incredibly combative and they need medical attention. Where it has happened. Okay. Um, generally, we like to help restrain, like hospital staff or you know somebody on a mental health uh, facility. We'll restrain somebody so they can put on soft restraints because the chances of somebody getting hurt with a, a hard restraint, a handcuff on, right, while they're really thrashing around, yeah, is a lot better yeah. than a soft restraint. Soft restraints are always, always, always a better option. All right. Once again, all kinds of stuff I didn't know before. We're handcuffing Caleb next week. <laughs> it's right. happening. All okay, right. but you got to tase Jack too. Stop it. Uh, I, I can only push the limits so far. The handcuffs are probably as far as I can go. Yeah, handcuff Caleb in here. All right, uh, give us uh, what we're working on Crime Stoppers this week. All right, we're going to do Caught Right-Handed. This one goes back to July 22nd of this year. This is what I want the headline to be when this guy is caught, and he's going to get caught. Uh, looks like he tried to make some uh, bogus charges at the Hy-Vee here at 50th and O on a stolen debit card. Uh, this debit card was stolen from an unlocked garage. And if you look at the pictures here, and we have a really awesome picture of the back of his right hand, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to pick this guy up. Uh, the hmm. next, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for better <laughs> Distinguishing tattoos. If you yes. had just looked at the camera and smiled, right. it would have been right. better. Uh, the other one is Broncos Burglar. This one is back from August 24th. This guy wore a Denver's Bro- Denver Broncos sweatshirt to go do a burglary in the 1200 block of High Street. Got away with a pretty substantial amount of stuff. Um, also a little bit scary because this was a daytime burglary at a residence. Oh, wow. So if we can pick this guy up, we'd really appreciate that. All right. Check it all out at LincolnCrimestoppers.com. You can find out how to help out there. Good to talk to you, Chad. We'll check in next week, all right? Oh, we're checking in with Kayla next week. <laughs> 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Rhea and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLI. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. You go through your day, little things happen. Little, little, little Usually little things happen, but you think about it, you're like, yeah, that kind of bugged me. It's kind of it's ridiculous. And then a couple hours later, you're still thinking about it. Before you know it, you're, you're laying in bed. You can't sleep because you're getting more angry about it. It's kind of dumb, but you're kind of angry, and you you want to tell your your spouse, but uh, your spouse is already asleep, and and you and doesn't you, care. You and, and wouldn't care anyway. And your dog's there, but seems annoyed when you start talking. To, 
Well, guess what? We know this is happening all over the city of Lincoln. And we have put together a place where you can get it out there. It's kind of like pushing the, the pressure valve. It's kind of like when you put your instant pot on <laughs> release setting. How do we go from chapter I to Instapot? I've been making a lot of soup lately, Mark. I'm very familiar with the Instapot right now. And you get it done, and after that pressure is released, you think, you know what? I'm glad I talked to those guys. Steven, I'm glad I told them. Steven on the text line's got it right this morning. What's Absolutely. I agree with him. Chaps traffic flow in Lincoln. Red lights all the dang time. All right. It's time that, you know, when we get to 11 or midnight, I don't care which, it's time to go to flashing red, flashing yellow on the main streets. Yeah, well, that would help you, but not that many other people. But There's sure. a lot of people that get stopped on O Street when there's no cross traffic. I, I'll tell you now, I will see... Green light Lincoln doesn't work at night. Driving in the 5 o'clock hour, I will see people run a red on purpose, I assume on purpose, once every week or two. Yeah. I mean, it happens once every week or two. I see it quite often in the early morning. People are stopped at on O Street, no cross traffic, and they're trying to make a, a left turn or something, and they'll just take off. Project Greenlight is fine, but the times we're talking about, we need our own Project Blinking Light. <laughs> project Project Blinking Red, Project oh, Blinking Yellow. And while we're at it, Uh-oh. people learn how to drive in a roundabout. <laughs> Oh, for the love of everything out there, yes. It is. Pull up to a roundabout and stop. Are people not learning to drive in a roundabout in protest of roundabouts? You know what? I don't think we should have done this year. I'm just never going to learn to use it correctly. You would think, but then people drive anywhere near uh, Memorial Stadium and Pinnacle Bank Arena, and there's all those roundabouts over there. Yeah, the double and, roundabout there. And yeah, I, you, you and, should have seen it Saturday. Well, and I'm behind someone, and I'm in the KLIN. Well, yeah, you vehicle. have to bring the bus through those things, don't you? Yeah, oh. and and they had the left lane blocked off with cones, mm-hmm. and it's hard enough going through those with a motor coach. <laughs> and then when you got the left lane and the cones were across the center line on our side. Um, Adam took out a couple of cones. <laughs> I just love being, being there and just, I'm I'm next, and I can't get around you to get to the roundabout, and just going, there's a gap, go. All right, there's a gap, go. And it's like, you don't need the entire roundabout empty That's right. for you to enter. <sighs> By the way, the real quick memory, we're going to get to the phone lines here. The, the first week that roundabout opened, people, I mean, you think people are confused about roundabouts now when that thing opened 10 years ago, and it was the double roundabout. Like, we knew that that was going to be some problems for people to understand what to do. And so Bishop and I, when we were doing the show together, who's on a Wednesday, we'll have to remember this together. We set up, we got permission to set up on the Champions Club deck and do an entire show overlooking the first days of the double roundabout being open. No kidding. And one of the interviews we set up for that show was Tom Osborne, who was the athletic director at the time. And Osborne, we, so we asked Osborne, instead of going to his office where I usually did interviews with him, we asked him to come over so we could all watch the roundabout together. Well, Osborne had just hurt his ankle or leg or something in, in some kind of an accident. And so he comes limping across Memorial Stadium Drive, <laughs> up the stairs, all all this thing. I'm in a hard time walking all so we could sit and watch the roundabout while we <laughs> interviewed him. <laughs> True story. Uh, so anyway, all right. I, I, I will admit, Hayes, Kansas, has done worse than Lincoln on roundabouts. How's that? Their, ma- they, their main street is uh, Vine Street. Uh, now this is uh, Highway 
281. Okay. Goes right north-south through the middle of Hayes. And they have got the most convoluted uh, roundabout into a roundabout into a semi-roundabout, all in about a three, four-block period. All right. Now you know how I feel. It's nuts. I they re, they I still I still believe they very much work in certain places. They do if you know what you're doing. They're very much work. But people that get yeah. their license at J.C. Penney shouldn't be driving in them. <laughs> they're must. They're they're the much much better than the time change. Time change is still need, worse. I need a new suit. I need a family photo, and I need a driver's license. Well, we can help you with all of them <laughs> here at Penny's. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones. Ben's is Ben has been waiting on hold. Good morning, Ben. What's chapping your hide? Hey, uh, you know, I, I like the Instapot analogy. It, it, it works. Thank you. So uh, keep, keep, keep it up. I appreciate right. it. So my neighbor, uh, and not just my neighbor, but for whatever reason, my trees must take a harder freeze for them to drop their leaves. Mm-hmm. But my neighbor's tree hangs over into my yard, <laughs> and they've already dropped all their leaves. So I'm looking at like three or four different rakings. Uh, on an annual basis, uh, three or four different times getting up on the roof and cleaning out my gutters on a, every every fall. And then my neighbor, my neighbor has the gall to complain about, you know, if we get a north wind when my leaves start falling, <laughs> to complain about my leaves getting in their yard. Oh, my goodness. This is a tense time for neighbors, Ben, isn't it? I mean... I mean we, we stay cordial. We that, stay cordial. That's but. good. That's good. But what? But here. But in all seriousness, what is the expectation? Would you do? Would you consider going into the neighbor's yard and raking up your own leaves? Does anyone do that in their neighbor's no, yard? I, I, I think if they fall in your yard, you rake. You just you know bite your you know bite your lip and uh, go ahead and rake them because that's just part of being a homeowner. Yes, that's right. You so. you at some point get the benefits of the shade. I'm sure. Right? I mean, your neighbor gets the benefits of the shade of your tree when the sun's in a certain position. So I mean, it's all on the east side of the house. So it would be really nice if they're on the west side of the house in the summertime for some shade. True. True. And, then my, and then my other thing is uh, Matt Davison turning one catch into 25-year career of grift and bad uh, color commentary. Thanks, guys. <laughs> ben really feels strongly about that one. I don't know what is the name. That's a good question though, because one of our uh, one of our posts on the Facebook page. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but somebody posted a next door post, which I am not on next door. I want listen. I don't want any part of Facebook. I definitely don't want to. Uh, uh, next door is crazy. Next door. There's okay. some real. But issues. He said real people, piece of work. There was a joke, but apparently neighbor leaves uh, neighbors leaves in my yard and and garage. I I can't even say because I can't even log in. But it was a, a a joke about that. What are can we establish in the fall the neighborly duties when it comes to leaves? Like ground rules. I, I mean, it's got to be. It's. I mean, I hate to do it this way, but I don't know any other rule. And you can tell me, but to me, it's the wind decides. The wind decides. If the wind puts the leaves in your yard, tough luck. You deal with your... Because I'm not... I don't want my neighbor in my yard raking up their leaves. Right? Right. I I guess that's a nice gesture, and you you know them, but I think it's just tough luck to some degree. 
You should mulch them anyway. Here's a, well, that's fine, and you can do that. But just before they're dealt with in any way, whose responsibility are them? Or is there a time limit where they stay in your yard that they are are not your responsibility? But after they're there for a week, then they become your responsibility wherever they go. Is there a time period there? I don't know. I think we just need some clear neighbor rules, and everyone would be better with this whole thing on the leaves. It's a big issue in some neighborhoods. Uh, can you imagine what it's like in the in the uh, country club area right now? Uh, giant leaves everywhere. Uh, giant trees everywhere. They probably have other people that mow their yard though. <laughs> what about the what about the lawn services that come? Do they get in debates then? Well, you, your your client let my client's lawn get scattered leaves all over it, and so you got to come over here and do this thing. But I do, I do notice in November there's a lot more interest in which way the wind is blowing in our weather. So why isn't this an issue with snow? I mean, I've got neighbor's snow that blows into my driveway when it's windy. Good question. If snow is drifting from... One reason, Mark, is because it's hard to identify. It's a little easier to identify where leaves came from if it's different kinds of trees every than different types of snow. Every snowflake has a different pattern. You should be able to tell snowflakes apart. Well, snow is not a product of the vegetation around your home, so that'd be one difference. Yeah, that's true. It's not like you get the... uh, Yeah, it's... I mean, it is still... When does the snow reach its final landing point? (laughs) When it initially hits the ground or when the wind takes it where it is? This feels like we're talking about the NFL defining what constitutes a catch in the end zone. (laughs) Or what constitutes taunting. Uh, all right, let's go to the Facebook page. Do we have any other texts? But, guys, by the way, I don't have it up. If yeah, I, uh, uh, miss any texts? Chaps time change. No zipper merge. Oh, uh, zipper merge. Chaps my hide that Matt Davison isn't recognized for the treasure that he is. <laughs> why, is there, why is there such a f- referendum on Matt Davison right now, a back and forth? What's going on? Uh, Sarah says people who drive with their dogs in their lap talk about distraction. Ugh. I had, uh, my dog was obese. We couldn't both fit there. Arrogant <laughs> NFL officials, Tony Corrente on Monday night, making all the rest of us officials look bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a dude who the Bears guy tried to walk off the field, and he backed into him, and then he threw a flag. That was bad. And, and he held he held that form up in the air like he was holding up, was like bad. he just made a three-pointer. <laughs> Uh, Logan says on the Facebook page, insurance saying they won't cover new med. Your doctor wants to try and see if it can actually help with your disabling condition. Yeah, all I, it's the medical stuff. I know people people have got it all over the place for. But stuff I love like that. those Medicare ads. The, what are those the commercials? I kind of tune oh. those out. At my age, you got to pay attention. Yeah, but seeing JJ Walker hawking Medicare JJ, services, it's incredible that the 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 uh, boomers they've got uh, Tom Selleck that's out there doing. I don't think it's Medicare, but it's some sort of a reverse mortgage, mortgage thing. Yeah. Mark and Spitz is doing uh, pain relief. They've always got Joe Namath doing stuff. Joe Namath is always yeah, doing, doing stuff. Yeah, Pat Boone's doing pain relief. <laughs> Jason says Ken Dewey saying it's going to snow in two weeks. Yeah, did you hear? If you missed my interview with him yesterday, he's looking at that beginning of Thanksgiving week. They're tracking it right now. Oh, boy. So if you got Thanksgiving travel plans, you might want to monitor that here going forward. Uh, Phil, By the way, that podcast is available at KLN. com. full thing, yeah. Phil says getting cut off in roundabouts uh, because people don't know how to yield. Thank you. <laughs> Another one. Uh, Julie says people who walk in the street. I can't drive on the sidewalk, so stop walking in the street. That was a, I'm pretty sure that was a COVID thing. 
the walking in the street. People would walk with their friends, but they didn't want to get too close, and they wanted to social distance, but they still wanted to walk with their friends. And one would go on the sidewalk, and one would go on the street. And now it's like there are... In in neighborhoods, there's uh, people walking on the street. People go for walks on the street all the time, and and guess what happens? I will tell you what happens when you come up on one of these people every time. You know what's on the other side of the street? A, a parked car. car. Yep. The, I'm telling you, Mark, this could be my what chaps your hide every day. I am ready for Lincoln to go to parking on one side of the street. It is Murphy's law. A hundred percent. As soon as you start going down a residential street, you won't see a car for 15 minutes. And then you'll come up to a car parked on each side of it, and a car will be coming the other way. Absolutely. Every time. You live in a ghost town, and it still happens. 44th Street, South of O, every day. Parked cars on narrow streets is the issue. I'm from a small town. Parking on both sides of the street is the issue. Well, I'm, I'm from a small town where, one, the streets are wider than they are here in Lincoln. You can park on both sides and still have two-way traffic going, but two, everyone walks in the like walks in the street. You, yeah. It's just, just what you do. Um, all right, real quick, let's get through the other ones here. Karen says positivity rate. What a worthless measure. Most people who get tested have symptoms, Agreed. or exposed, or work in healthcare. I don't think I've mentioned the positivity rate hardly for weeks. Just for the record, um, Richard says no. Bill O'Reilly, really? Um, oh. Uh, I can't join him on that one. Uh, Deanne says, going into a Lincoln restaurant whose name is synonymous with Husker football during a football game, expecting to hear the game instead of Husker football, subjected to Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. It's Husker Saturday, people, and only November 6th. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Deanne, I, I feel your pain. Will says, presidents who fart in front of British royalties. <laughs> or the Pope. Oh, Help your fellow commuters. Call the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. That's another check of your time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 739, before we get into the Morning Drive here, we are going to, all right, how many, uh, so I need to give you a random number here. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, right, give me a number one through seven. seven. Wow. Um, how about four? One, two, three, four. Julie's our winner. Julie, you are our winner. So, uh, Julie, we'll be sending you a text here in a, in a minute. Be listening, texters. If you have that phone ready, we are going to do more of this. We're going to drop uh, text contests on you during the course of the show with the tickets that we've been able to get in our hands here. So, Julie, you're going to the basketball game on Friday. We will text you back with the details on how you can get that. More chances to win. We've got Nebraska basketball tickets all year right here on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. And speaking of which... Number five. Well, the new team with new talent showed the same issues of the past couple of years. Yet well, last night, Nebraska struggled on the defensive boards from deep and at taking care of the ball. Those flaws added up to a 75-74 loss. The answer Western Illinois to begin the uh, 21-22 season. The Leathernecks grabbed 23 offensive rebounds. That resulted in 22 second-chance points. They also scored 16 points off of 12 turnovers by the Oscars. And... Uh, Nebraska manages six assists on the night, five of which after halftime. It was... It this was o- This offense looked so much different than what we saw in the two exhibition games where 
You saw guys dribble into space, find their open teammates. The assist numbers went up. Lonzo Verge Jr., his first three possessions in a Husker uniform for the exhibition against Peru State, oh, great had, th- had three three assists. <laughs> yeah. um, and the team as a whole had one in the first half. And you saw just this weird... Verge did it. Um, Wiltshire did it a little bit. Bryce McGowan's did it as well. Of course, Verge and, and the younger McGowan's end up with 26 and 25 well, points. Well, they scored on it sometimes. But, but, but sometimes. But there were so many times just dribbling into a crowd and forcing up a wild shot. That's how Verge tried to win the game at the end and uh, predictably ended up being a miss. Yeah. For those of you who have ever watched or coached, and I've done both, about fourth grade basketball, <laughs> I mean, you've always got uh, that's that's what uh, the kids are, tend to do. They'll dri- dribble into a huge crowd and have no chance of even getting anything up, and that's part of what it looked like. And then the other thing, Caleb, is just uh, when you can't get a rebound, you can't get a rebound whatsoever. Um, and it doesn't it always rough. yeah the rebounding. Now Verge did end up with a game high thirteen rebounds, so so you had someone going and, and really working to get what they can, but you have to have. Your post's getting more rebounds. You have to have more help from all of the athletic guys you have on the floor. It's not always about height. It's about getting your body into somebody. It's about just wanting the ball. Because if you're getting beat up by Western Illinois, what's going to happen when you take on Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan? Yeah. Um, I use the term veterans with quotes around it, but you need to have veterans. I think Trey McGowan's needs to be more involved. I think getting Kobe Webster back will be something mm-hmm. that'll help as well. And Lapman was, Lat he was out last night yeah. as well. Um, I think that hurt more than I think people thought it would. But still, I don't think Lat is good for the <laughs> all of the off- 23 offensive rebounds. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, I just he's think not going to 75% I think just, he was there for those first two games, the way the offense ran. Though, right. Which but, is a little different. But you still had plenty of guys open as shooters. Trevor Lakes got in for a few possessions, didn't get a shot up. Um, Kese Tamanaga was on the floor, and they weren't finding him. In space. On the very last possession, Verge drove down the middle and tried to force up a shot. There were at least three guys around the perimeter wide open that could have gotten a much better look at it. There was just something off about what the offense was trying to accomplish last night. I uh, listened to Hoiberg on the way home on KLIN, and uh, Pavelka and Muleheisen were talking to him, and Pavelka said, any silver linings Uh, tonight with how they played? And he was like, no. Nope. Good times. Being Being a Husker fan. At least as it pertains to football and men's basketball right now is rough. Hey, good job, Amy Williams, with that 58-point win. We Thank you. need some kind of a ceremony to exercise the ghosts or demons or whatever that are cursing everything We've got to put something We've together. Gotta, I, we need to figure this out and soon, okay? we got to figure something out before Creighton. Cause Probably. We, that would feel real good if we can get it done before that. It's just a random act of exorcism. That, we may need to do this. Just, we'll, we're just in, show up and, you know. Caleb and I are plotting in the background. <laughs> oh, thanks. What am I, Chop You can come I, in and talk about it, too. I mean, I mean, you know, I can probably dream up some ways to scare the ghosts. That's fine. You can actually, come out, too. Actually, I've had a situation with some paranormals in my Great. history. Great. You're in. You're in. You're the you're our Ghostbuster. Friday is supposed to be the first real chill for Lincoln. Dr. Ken Dewey told uh, you yesterday, Jack, snow could be coming up as well. Maybe the Monday of uh, Thanksgiving yeah. week. Uh, you was, ready for this? He was freaking me out a little bit with him talking to... I know it can always change when you're this far ahead, but that 
early uh, Thanksgiving week is when he's he's looking out right now for a system that may be due to dump the first snow on Lincoln. So am I ready for it? You know what I'll say? No. And you know why? Because I still got that stinking starter rope on my snowblower that hasn't gotten fixed yet. And I haven't done it. And I got to do it. I got to do it this week. I got to find a small engine place and say, There's several hey, good ones. I'm, in I'm an idiot. I don't even need you to get into my engine and everything. I just need you to put this starter row back on because it looks too hard for me to do. And I did all the other stuff to get it running. It's still so sad. What a moment that would have been. But I did, you know, obviously I bulked up last winter doing all the manual scooping, you know, added a lot of muscle to my frame. That was good. But, you know, I just... Do you have to go to be? I don't think my wife likes it. I think she likes it less muscly. I think I'm too muscly right now. All I did last winter was added frame, no muscle. Yeah, she, she the other day she was like, I think you might be getting too cut. <laughs> oh, do you have to shovel your uh, uh, sidewalk and drive it to your palatial... Oh, um, or do you just let it wait till it melts? Yeah, no, oh, you probably got electric sidewalks and that's right. Yes, yeah. yeah, so my Beatrice vacation home. That's true. We do have the, we have like the, the Lambo field system. It's very green. Fit. It's yeah. very green in Gage County. It's very good. But which it's good that you asked that because everybody knows Beatrice always gets it worse than us. Yes, and then uh, and Thayer County always gets it worse than Beatrice. Worst weather in America, Thayer County. Doesn't matter. Any storm system, winter or summer going through, you think you're getting it bad, look what's going on down in Hebron. They're getting crushed every time. I feel bad for people who grew up there. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just like you always are dealing with the worst storms possible. Number three. Second straight week in the state of increased COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations up. Lancaster County, the risk dial remained low orange for the second week. Uh, 34% of the number of new cases are actually breakthrough cases. They're really encouraging, uh, especially the older, uh, 65 and older, to get that booster because uh, it's a lot of breakthrough cases. Uh, new cases went from 80 a day in October to 105 at the end of uh, last week. As I told you earlier, they had a, another death in the county from COVID-19. This was a young man in his 20s and eight deaths so far this month. Hospitalizations around 90 a day. So, you know. Super. Great. Fantastic. Um, oh, man. Deja vu all over again from yeah. last fall. I guess so. And I know we actually, surprisingly, we didn't have anything on what chapter I had Wednesday about the mask mandate, but. Whatever. Again, on the mask, as long as we do not get back to restrictions on events, on doing things, on kids' concerts, on sporting events, on restaurants, restaurants on, on all of that. I mean, to me, that is, oh, and I don't, I'm not, I don't think we're necessarily close to that, but um, that's just the, that's the thing that was the absolute worst about all of this, but. Part of the hospitalization issues, of course, there's uh, you know the elective surgeries and procedures that were backed up because uh, of the uh, halt of elective surgeries, and, and a lot of people just put it off during the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff has to get done now. Yeah. So, hey, I got my booster. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Oh, I think I got to go get. Uh, no, I just uh, I just get the one. So yeah. Got my booster, and they say it's uh, going to increase the ant- antibody 70-fold, so let's go. Call me when it's 700-fold, all right? We'll see. What should we call you? I'll tell you. Uh, hey, I will tell you this just anecdotally, though, guys. Every uh, place that is offering the boosters that I've seen, 
Um, there is, and it's mainly one place, it's mainly the grocery store that I go to, there are always people sitting yes. there waiting. I mean, always. Every time I've been there. Well, you've got to wait 15 minutes at least. Right. Afterwards. But I mean, there's a big crowd. I waited almost, I had an appointment and I had to wait almost an hour. There were so many people. Wow. Um, when I did mine. So they were, they were backed up with people. Number two. More changes coming to your favorite uh, social media, Jack, face, Facebook and oh, Instagram. Uh, the parent company, of course, it's Meta. Uh, it used to be Facebook. Now no, it's Meta. Their social networking sites will remove sensitive ads targeting options linked to health, race, race or ethnicity, as well as to political affiliation, religion, or sexual orientation. Once the change is in place, advertisers will no longer be able to target people who express interest in issues, people, or organizations linked to those subjects. New policy goes into effect January 19th, and it comes as uh, Meta faces continued scrutiny from regulators and the public about misinformation and abuse. Isn't this a huge part of what they, how they make money? Yeah. I mean, and not just them, by the way. It's go down your Twitter feed. I am not. I mean, I don't know exactly how the predictive stuff works. If it's, you know, if they follow where you go on your phone, if they, I mean, what all goes into it. But again, it is oddly. They've got these algorithms that are just oddly, impressively specific on Facebook and Twitter. And it's funny, too, because they're also the the sites you'll go to online like um like I bought some I, I had to quickly get some uh, some prescription glasses I needed some really cheap ones so I went on to an online site that I knew I could get a, a big discount on and I bought them there and I searched them this was like three weeks ago because I had some glasses that broke still every every website that I go to now is trying to sell me basically the same pair of glasses and I'm like guys do your algorithms not know I bought that already. I'm, I'm on to the next thing, and you're trying to sell me that. So yeah, but some, wouldn't you like more? Uh, no, not at all. That's not the type of thing that you just buy. It's not like a jug of milk, it's right? Not, it's not about what you want. It's about getting impressions, and they charge back for it. I they guess. have seen your buying habits with Bluetooth speakers, and they think that is your buying that habit. Been, that's what they should have advertised me, not another pair of glasses. They think it's, that's your buying habit for literally every all product I'm say, now. All I'm saying is there are some algorithms that are so scarily smart, smart, it'll be like, oh my gosh, is this phone listening to me? And then there are some that are so amazingly dumb, you're like, do you have, do you have any idea how anybody purchases anything? It, it kind of goes both, way, both ways on this thing. All right, let's finish this thing off with number one. Longtime news anchor Brian Williams announced he's leaving MSNBC next month after nearly three decades with NBC News. He's been there 28. He actually got his start in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Oh, really? Yep. KOAM TV in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's 62. He's been hosting the 11th hour weeknights on MSNBC following his six-month suspension back in 2015 for exaggerating details that, uh, on stories that he'd covered, including one about taking enemy fire while riding in a helicopter in Iraq. Yeah, Previ- yeah that was uh, controversial. Yeah, Williams previously had anchored nightly news for 10 years on NBC. Says he's looking forward to working on his own independent projects starting in 2022. Yeah, he always looked like the quintessential news guy. Of the of the more modern era, I always thought. But I'll be, I'm be honest, I don't, I do not remember the last time I turned on cable news. It is not the any station. Holy cow! Yeah, I I see it in the background here occasionally, but I don't. And so I was only somewhat aware that he was still 
I didn't realize for a long time that he had come back. I thought he had kind of faded into obscurity after that whole controversy with the with the suspension and the the helicopter in Iraq thing. But he rebounded, I guess, nicely from from that whole thing. If he was still apparently doing this show for a long time. Yep. There it is. An evening news at five o'clock. Holy cow! I I honestly forgot that was a thing. You ever, do you watch that, Mark? Like evening network news at five o'clock. I watch one particular show at five o'clock. Okay. I guess you'd call it network, but it's an hour long. It's not the traditional. Okay. No, I, was, I was just curious. Is I, it a Newsmax? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the best reporters, anchors on the face of the earth, uh, I rank him up there with the likes of Tim Russert, is Brett Baer on Fox. Oh. And he's got uh, a special report, and I try to catch that. All right. I try and catch nothing. What, what do you watch at 5 o'clock every day? Uh, I've, Michael, I don't think I've Mi- ever watched TV. Uh, if I'm watching TV at 5 o'clock, which I absolutely never am, uh, it would be uh, something on my DVR of diners, drive-ins, and dives if I'm making dinner. Uh, ever watch the microwave? I, <laughs> no, I haven't. If there's an NFL game on that night, probably the NFL Network pregame show that's on. Um. I don't know. What do you watch at 5 p.m.? PJ Masks. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to pick any other random time in the day? PJ sure, Masks. Sure. sure. Uh, 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm here, so hopefully I'm 5:30 not 530 on a Saturday. Uh, probably PJ Masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The bad kids TV shows were the worst. Oh, it's... Yay, older but, kids. But I'm watching it as an adult, so I've got questions about like the backstory. I need a PJ Masks prequel. Yeah, I read I read fan fiction. I'm like, how did they get their powers? That's the weird thing is you get you you you've seen so much of it, it's so saturated that you don't want it anymore, but you're also oddly interested in it because you can't stop thinking about it. I'm watching it, it through the, I'm watching it through the same lens that I watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm like, how did they get those powers? When are we getting that movie? I mean, I have all that, but with... Where did Night Ninja even come from? <laughs> That's what I have, but I really want to know Swiper's backstory and Dora the Explorer. Why does he feel the need to steal? Something went wrong with his home life. I can tell you that. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Oh, man! And why does he always give up so easily? I mean, get a backbone, Swiper. You're going to be a professional thief. <laughs> You're not going to get told off by these people. Just go still take it. Gee. The hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 810 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you back with us on this Wednesday morning, November 10th, 2021. And uh, it's that time again. Got a Lincoln Symphony Orchestra concert coming up this weekend in the capital city Friday night 7:30 Leeds Center and that means we invite our friends from Lincoln Symphony Orchestra to join us Ed Polachek good morning Ed how are we good doing this morning morning good to good see you good morning Nebraska <laughs> good always good to see you Ed and uh Barbara Zockley joining us as well hello Barbara how are you doing 
she's not there. Okay, there that's fine. That, that, that's great. Well, we got Ed here joining us right now, nonetheless. Hey, hey Jack, what more do you need? You I, got the conductor. Listen. You know what, I'm, what can I say? I'm going to be. It's, it's, it, if you got the head honcho, what more do you need? That's exactly right, and the time constraints are going to be much easier now than they usually are when when we've got you both on, so that's fan, that's fantastic. Uh, before we get started on this concert, how's your fall going? What have you been up to? Well, you know, it's it's very interesting because uh, my life over the COVID, you know, 20 months or so, the COVID incident, it had really, it really has changed my life. And it changed my life um, for a number of reasons because I had already um, uh, decided to retire from Peabody, uh, where I'd been for over 40, de- four, uh, 40 years, wow. over four decades of work there. And mainly, and I told them this, uh, was because I wanted to spend more time out here in Nebraska. And of course, the irony of that didn't escape me because let's face it, once I made that decision and COVID hit, I just, I really became a couch potato. Mm-hmm. I, I watched all 25,000 episodes, uh, at least twice of law and order all the law and orders i know them all i know them by memory now and but it it gave me a chance also to kind of take and i know this is true for a lot of people you become very rather introspective as to what am i doing what's going on in my life and how is it how is this going to change not just your life but your your life in relation to everyone else's because it's it's a brand new situation it's not something that we've experienced before in our lifetimes and we you know probably will not again for another hundred years or so but it did change things and now it's becoming into a new normal right Mm -hmm. we have uh uh uh, with vaccinations and and the science that has led us uh uh into therapies and all it's uh, actually amazingly quickly um, but it, it also seems amazingly safe at the same time. So I think that uh, we're beginning to realize, well, okay, we can, we can get through this. And I think that if we, if we reach out and, and still remember that this pandemic is not over, that we have a ways to go uh, and help one another, whether it's within this country, uh, out, outside our borders or around the world, that's what we need to do. And w- then we can get back to our new normal, you know, mm-hmm. but it's already happening. And I love to see, for example, last season, uh, we couldn't have an audience in the hall. Uh, we couldn't sit near one another. We had to be socially distanced across the stage. And yet we were able to make some great, great music. And that really, I found that staggering. And what a, what a, 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 a testimony to our orchestra, the way these, these people really worked to be able to keep connected to the community, uh, and offer uh, some of the greatest solace that we do have at our disposal, which is great music, in our case, great classical music. So now that we don't have to be socially distanced, but we are all vaccinated and we're sitting closer to one another, but we basically we use our masks anyway, and now we can have an audience. The, the excitement is beginning to build in a whole new area, and uh, that's why I I just, I just not only love being out here, but I'm so excited about this Friday's concert. Yeah, l- of l- the music of Bach and, and with Karen Becker as our soloist. Yeah, the Adder- and we're we're uh, we're gonna have Karen uh, join. In fact, I think Karen is Karen Becker's with us right now. Hello, Karen. How are you doing? 
Good morning. How are you? Yeah, great, Karen. And by the way, just, uh, uh, Karen is principal cellist, and she's going to be featured here. And I, I got to tell you, Karen also uh, was someone who worked with my daughter at the Strings Project at UNL oh. a couple of years ago, and and uh, she plays viola, um, and she loved that. So it's it's cool to get to uh, talk to you now. So welcome to the show. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to be playing with Lincoln Symphony Orchestra as the soloist. I always get to play principal cello, and so this is a wonderful opportunity to play this this piece that I'm guessing, I, I would take a wild guess to say that it might be the Nebraska premiere. Very likely it's the Nebraska premiere, but I'm pretty sure it is definitely I, the Lincoln premiere. I agree with you there, Karen. I can't imagine that this has been done yeah. anywhere. So, Actually, in the, you know, even all the contiguous states. I haven't, haven't seen this uh, cello concerto uh, ever uh, uh, programmed anywhere, uh, and and I thank you for introducing me to it because it is a truly yeah. great piece of music, yeah. and you do a fabulous job at uh, at the solo part. And boy, is it ever challenging! <laughs> so yeah, it's really it's really fun because it has everything from you know playing octaves, double stops, and playing um, fast you know like fast sixteenth uh, notes and um, like almost like tremolo and 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 from the the lowest, the lowest string, the the low C string, all yeah. the way up into the stratosphere. You're yeah, almost, almost up near. God, you're up like by the bridge. It's so. You're <laughs> yeah. so it sounds like a violin. In yeah, a only better system. because only better because it's a cello. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> String we're string music all- rivalries, they never die. <laughs> and we're hoping that Anton does, is not listening this morning, <laughs> our concert master. <laughs> Karen, I, I love the violin. I have I have four sisters, and we all the five all five of us. My dad was a string player and string teacher, and we all play. There's three violinists, a violist, and me. Um, and and in fact, they're all going to be here. My my oh, four well, sisters bad. and my mom uh, coming from from Norway. I have a sister in Norway, and wow. then uh, my mom is in Huntington, West Virginia. I have a sister in Chicago, one in Greensboro, one in, in Nashville. So they're all coming. They're all arriving tomorrow to Lincoln. And, it's going to uh, be a national conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've got the U.N. happening at the Leeds Center then, which is, is <laughs> that's fantastic. Right, that's right. Uh, but, uh, no, this concerto, it has everything, and the slow movement is so amazingly beautiful and um, the nice thing is that Atterberg himself was actually a, a cellist. He didn't start till he was 14 or 15 years old, so that's quite late. Um, and um, and he actually did the Sweden premiere of the piece, and he was also a conductor. He conducted the premiere, which was in Germany. And so mm-hmm. this was written, and uh, he completed the concerto. Um, it'll be 100 years next year, so 1922. And... Um, and so he knew what he was doing when he was writing this piece. I mean, just an amazing, yeah. like he knew what the cello was capable of doing. And he also wrote, I mean, if anybody out there, probably most people listening haven't heard of Kurt Atterberg. I hadn't heard of him until probably about five years ago when I heard this concerto when I was listening uh, on Spotify. And the great Norwegian cellist, Truls Murk, uh, my sister, I was talking to her this morning. She was trying to teach me how to say pronounce it it's kind of like you sound it sounded right i mean i, yeah. I wouldn't have anyway. known if it was wrong 
So, so uh, I heard him playing it, and so he's recorded it, and it's it's been recorded, um, I think, twice. And then there's a wonderful live performance. It's performed more in, obviously, in Sweden. Uh, there's a live performance of it uh, on YouTube, um, and uh, yeah. So it's and the nice and thing want, is the audience gonna say, is going to know. I was going to say the audience will know when we get to the slow movement. There's no breaks between each movement. Right. They'll know when we get to the slow movement, and they will definitely know when we get back to the when we go to the third movement. It's so exciting. Yeah, you you put it in context of when it uh, when it was born, as it were, in the 1920s. Um, and I want to make uh, clear to everyone that that this was a period in classical music as well actually as popular music where there were many diverges in the that happened in the early 20th century and and music went in all kinds of directions but this particular piece um like the music of richard strauss like the music of rachmaninoff or foray um uh, and to some extent stravinsky uh you get yeah, the taste of the the dissonance uh, and some of these kind of 20th century harmonies and, and, and multi-rhythms, but it actually is a very romantic piece of music. It, it harkens oh, yeah. back into the great romantics of Elgar, you know, Mahler, Wagner. It has that gore, these gorgeous sweeping melodies. So you, the people are going to swoon over it. I mean, it's just, even though it's not a, a known piece, you get really taken into this piece. Yeah. That, but partially by that, and the other part of it is, of course, the, the bravura, the virtuosity that you perform on the cello itself, because it's a very challenging work. Well, and the nice thing is that there's some some very nice wind writing. I mean, there's there's beautiful uh, horn melody where I first introduced the melody in the slow movement, and then then I accompany the horn who plays that melody later in the slow movement. And it's and and then the the, the clarinet, the oboe solos, flute, piccolo, um, yeah, just just really. Very, very well written. And very he was gorgeous. he was a symphonic composer. He was. This is what if if anybody listening go go look up Kurt Atterberg symphonies. He wrote nine symphonies and nine orchestral suites, and he did write a few other concertos. He wrote a wonderful horn concerto, um, a piano concerto, and then a, a double concerto for for violin and cello with string orchestra, as well as some operas and ballets. I'm not really mm -hmm. familiar with those works, but. But in Sweden, he's he's I think a pretty big deal. So, so he, tra what? he trained as an engineer, didn't he? Yes, he was civil engineer. <laughs> civil engineer, yeah. Really? That's weirder than a lawyer going to a radio show. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so that's the second half uh, with, with Karen playing the Atterberg piece and 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 uh, being the featured soloist there, which should be amazing. Ed, am I reading this right? The first half of the piece, you uh, of the concert, you're doing a, a Baroque piece and uh, some pieces, and you're directing, uh, conducting from the harpsichord. How do you yeah. even, how do you even do that? Well, you know, it, actually, this is the conventionally, that's the way it would have been done. Uh, back in those days, and we're talking uh, from the late 1600s through the early 1700s, um, the convention, there, there was really no such thing as a conductor. Um, either uh, the leader of the group would lead by being like the concertmaster position, the, the main violinist or the main violist, um, or the keyboard player. And it's very common in Baroque music to have 
keyboard as what's called the continuo, which means it plays continuously through, but not as a solo instrument, more as an accompanying instrument. Hmm. Okay. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're doing we've chosen two of the Brandenburg concertos of Bach, number three, which is written in nine separate parts. And we're going to do with nine solo players, <laughs> some of them standing. I mean, the cellos cannot, <laughs> but but otherwise <laughs> that'd be impressive. Nine, <laughs> nine string players: three violins, three violas, three cellos, and then the continual player will be myself and our de- double bassist Mike Mike Schwartz. So that makes uh, like a very. Um, tight, you might say, kind of chamber music type group, but they're all soloists that play as soloists as well as play as a string orchestra. And then the the, the next one that we're going to offer is Brandenburg Concerto Number One, which features other soloists as well. So we put a larger string orchestra together for that, and we add now two horns that have the most remarkable solos. Uh, way up in the stratosphere, it's going to be. It's it's kind of chilling when you hear it. It's just beautiful, and three oboes and a bassoon. The thing is, is that this particular period in Bach's life, which he called one of his most happy, most pleasing periods of composition, uh, were only for about six years uh, in the in the town of Kurten, uh, Germany, and he just wrote. Tons of instrumental music. This is where we get the orchestral suites, where we get all of the six Brandenburg concerti, where we get the cello unaccompanied suites, the Bach partitas for unaccompanied, all of the trio sonatas. It's all instrumental music. It's none of the religious or organ or cantatas mm. or bigger. Than. He did those in, in, in the Lutheran church on either side of this one little period. And it's a period that is just, it's magnificent is what it is. So, you know, the harpsichord concertos, all that kind of stuff comes from this period. And we picked two of the Brandenburg concertos because we just think that, A, there's so much fun, but B, the audience just loves these things. We're going to have a blast on this. You know, I'm glad glad you get to play the harpsichord for this because, like, anybody who's really good at the piano, all kinds of houses you'll go into, places have a piano. You can sit down and you can pound something out that impresses everyone. But nobody has a harpsichord, so you never get to, you know, you don't go down the street and and grab has a harpsichord sitting in there that you're going to play. So you finally get to show off that harpsichord skills. I'm glad. Listen, you know, a harpsichord, and, and I, I don't know, most people I think have, I know they have heard harpsichords because even popular music uh, in some, some groups have used harpsichord in their in their bands, you know, they uh, electrify it and so it gets mm-hmm. a little bit louder because it's a very soft instrument. But it's an instrument that is plucked. The, the string is not hit like a piano, the piano hammer hits the string, and that's what resonates the string. Right. And a harpsichord, it is plucked. So it has a very kind of metallic, tinkly, bell-like yeah. sound. And I got to tell you that there was a great, great English uh, conductor. His name was Sir Thomas Beecham. And the way he described a harpsichord was, it, it, to him, he said it sounded like 
two skeletons fornicating on a tin roof. Oh my god. And that's where we'll end it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> as only Ed can. The show is Friday at the Lead Center at 7.30. Uh, I'm giving away tickets to the first four. Says clouds are expected to hang around for the afternoon and evening, and also some thunderstorms and showers in the area. Now, I think most of southeast Nebraska will likely just see a few scattered showers today. Best chance for thunderstorms will be far southeast Nebraska, closer to Falls City. Highs today on the cooler side in the upper 50s. I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Brittany Foster. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Ah, yes. John Bishop joining us. Another fun week of Husker sports. Coaching debates. Staff fired. Nebraska basketball, 0-1. John, before next Tuesday, and Caleb and I have been discussing this fairly extensively, I am I, I, I am going to figure out if the university won't do it, if, if, if Trev Alberts won't do it himself, and I don't expect that he will, I am going to need to do some kind of a ceremony. Uh, I don't know if it would be properly called an exorcism. Uh, just a sacrifice. I don't know what it is, but I've decided that's, I think that's the reasonable next step for everything to quit going horrendously wrong every time I watch a Husker sporting event. So uh, I'm just letting you know that might change everything before next Tuesday. Do we have Fred Hoiberg's record in one score losses? <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been quoting the Frost numbers like uh, forever. But I'm just curious. You might want to believe it. You know, I, I was doing my own game last night, and so I could only, you know, follow the tweets. And obviously, when I see you show up in the timeline a lot, <laughs> it means either something really good or really bad is happening. <laughs> um, well, actually, it could mean anything. It, it could just mean you're in a random fight with people. But um, yeah, it was that was hard. Um, especially when, you know, you're a double-digit favorite at home and you'd played so well in the exhibition games. I guess it just goes to show you. And, and by the way, last night there were a lot of teams that lost their so-called bye games. Yeah. So, so fortunately, Nebraska's not alone. Heck, Creighton trailed by 15 last night to, uh, to Pine Bluff. So it, it was it, – there was – there's there's still something weird in the air apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that is uh, just, I don't know. It's it it's it's frustrating, but nonetheless, we'll have uh we'll have a lot of time to get into that especially uh here over the course of the next several weeks with with college basketball. Um we we've you've I mean spent time ad nauseum whether you're talking to me, talking to your listeners, talking on the air to Josh uh, prior and after the decision by Trev Alberts debating what to do. I mean, we've been round and round and round on on, on that, um, so I don't necessarily want to go down that road. But I do want to ask you this. So you, we're in the reality now. What's done is done at this point. Um, he's sticking around for the time being. The contract is restructured, and there have been coaches that have been uh, removed. Let me ask you this uh, about what next year is right now. As you look at what's been done and what's been said, has have... Has your concept of what the standard of next year, which they won't give us the detail of, which I don't blame them for that, but what the standard for next year actually is, I I think we all kind of thought if he's kept, it's going to be a one-year do-or-die thing. But then with the changes on the staff, the things that have been said, 
Like, I don't know if it really is do or die and what do or die even means. Have you changed your thinking on what next year could potentially look like with a retention in terms of expectations? Well, I, I said about a month ago that if, if you make this move, you, you might actually be committing for two years, not one year. Because, you know, it, it's a tough situation already because, and, and I was going under the assumption that, you know, there was going to be staff changes, you know, when I said this. And, and now I was a little surprised that staff changes happened this quickly. Um, but I guess it's really neither here nor there when they happened. The bottom line is I thought they were going to happen if Frost came back for another season. But I said in the moment, I mean, are we really talking about two years here? Because if you want to be fair, and certainly Trev Alberts is being more than fair, um, considering, you know, Frost's record and the length of time he's had to establish that record, that if you want to continue on that course, you know, we're, and next year we're talking about the potential for a dramatic roster turnover for a variety of reasons. I mean, you've got seniors, obviously. You also have players who, you know, have senior eligibility uh, who might be looking to the next level. You have the volatility of the transfer portal. You don't know if there are players on the team who are going to want to leave because an assistant coach that they like has been fired. Um, we don't know what the status is going to be of some of the defensive coaches because if you think that Eric Chenander is not going to get some phone calls uh, this offseason about other opportunities, you're crazy. Uh, and Travis Fisher and Tony Tuioti could be in the same boat. Um, so there's going to be a lot of change next year, even if the guy in the head coach's office hasn't changed. And and so you almost wonder if if we're really looking at a two-year, starting next year, a two-year analysis, because you're asking, you're also asking Scott Frost, and we're presuming based on what Alberts has said to the, the media, that Frost is also changing his course, his direction, being more of a CEO type. He's never done that before. And so do you allow that to grow? So I'm almost looking at this not so much as what is expected next year. I, I almost think it, we're, we're talking about another two years here. Hmm. I have a question for you guys real quick. Are we counting as uh, three points or four points for a one-score game? Because technically you can get... <laughs> Uh, I think th- th- three points would be a basketball one-score game. Yes, Josh, John. Yeah, yes, yes. I'll, I'll go with three. In that case, uh, Hoiberg is one and seven at Nebraska in one-score games. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have counted the four-point win last year against Minnesota, he'd be two and seven. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> so there you go. There you go, John. You got some material for your show today. <laughs> Oh my God! Hey, you asked the I question. Like, like I need any more? God dang! It's oh, I don't. It's incredible. This fan base has not experienced hardly at all close victories in sporting. You wonder why we feel snake bit, John. I mean, my goodness! Oh. <sighs> All right. Well, at least last night, you know, it wasn't one of those deals where you backdoored your way into a one-score loss. I mean, Nebraska did lead down the stretch, so that that there's there's that. They led down the switch. Yeah, Western Illinois makes two ridiculous three-pointers, and Nebraska does drives into a crowd and misses at the end. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, okay, I want okay, I want to ask you this now. 
How, how much do you think in reality, I think you would probably agree with me, despite that we don't, uh, we debated on what the right thing to do was, but I think you would probably agree with me that general, I mean, if you surveyed the fans, if you surveyed, I, I don't know about your listeners, uh, but maybe our listeners combined, you're probably at somewhere between two out of three and three out of four who, who wanted uh, to keep Frost. Do you think that's fair? Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, um, and, and I didn't. I didn't look at my last results. We put out a poll right after we got the news on Monday, and I think I. I, I would say you know two thirds. Two thirds is definitely safe, uh, and it could be a little higher than that. Um, who who support it, and and you know that that's that's understandable. Um, you know, and we know that these things aren't always the most scientific surveys yeah, in agree. the world. But, but I yeah, think that's probably I, accurate. I would definitely say the majority wanted. To have what happened Monday happen. I think it's in that range of two-thirds to three-fourths. That said, how much do you think that factors into what Trev did? And and then the next question is, how long does that last um, for the fan base, knowing what you've heard from the people who are in that camp? Well, um, on, on the first part, I think it does factor in. Uh, I mean, Trev Alberts even said as much, you know, talking about, you know, keeping Frost, you know, if, if it comes down, he didn't say if it comes down to a tie on all le- on all fronts, but if you are faced with a very close decision, he said you do want to, you do, he does like to err on the side of loyalty. And, and while, yes, there is loyalty because he was a former player here, I think that's also acknowledging the greater fan base at large and, and, and what their feelings are on the situation. So there's no question that public sentiment had something to do with this. I don't know if it was at the top of the list, but it was certainly there. Now, it's the second part of your question that I think is very interesting because in the past we have seen moments like you know, 2003 Kansas State, 2007 Oklahoma State, um, other games in Memorial Stadium where the place is emptied out uh, prematurely, and and that visual was a powerful enough statement to prompt change. We also saw that a couple weeks ago against Purdue, mm. and and you know, and we've we've kind of gone around and round about the whole sellout streak, the red carpet experience, all of that stuff, um, and whether or not the sellout streak is legitimate, but I do believe that the the specter or the weight of preserving the sellout streak, which was there in making a determination for Mike Riley, it was not there for Scott Frost. Or or at least there's not the same fear that, you know, that seeing fans walk out or maybe not selling enough tickets was was a, a huge factor in in this decision, and so now you fast forward to next year. Let's say, well, we'll just use the number seventy percent. Let's say it's just seventy percent of Nebraska fans are supportive of this. You still have a pretty healthy percentage of folks who are not and are frustrated. And even amongst the seventy percent who do support this, they're frustrated. I mean, I hear from a lot of people who say, "Man, I just can't watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just too frustrating for me." Um, and, and that's natural. That's to be expected. And so, what does next year look like? What do season ticket sale renews renewals look like? Alberts has talked about restructuring. You know, the the seat licenses, the the donations that are tied to tickets, and and doing some things of that sort. There's some big decisions on that front that may also impact 
you know, what that stadium looks like next year. Mm-hmm. How it's one thing for fans to vote by, you know, going to Twitter or going to Facebook or calling radio shows or writing letters, whatever it is they do. That's one thing. It's another thing when you vote with your wallets and you vote with your feet. And, and that, that's the most important message to any organization than what's being said on social media, because you can get, you can get caught up in a lot of, you know, traffic and a lot of noise on social media. But when people actually start voting by either going or not going to games or showing interest, not showing interest, you know, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road here. And that's going to be a fascinating watch. Yeah. Because that, I don't, I don't know the answer to, to the question I posed and you just answered there. But uh, I, I mean, I think if, I think if you get to a bowl game, I think that change, I think that's, I mean, I, I kind of think that's a line for some reason. Maybe it's not, but that's a line. But uh, another four or five win season next year. And man, it, it's hard. I, th- I think you'll lose a lot. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think you're going to lose a lot and it could manifest itself in the way that you're talking. Um, now, for some reason, I, I feel like that's, but maybe it's not. Maybe there is, <laughs> maybe well, there heck, is. I, I thought it was a bowl game. I thought bowl game or, or bust this year, you know, and obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. I do, so, I, yeah, it's kind of, we're kind of in a guessing game right now. Yeah. Or the blowout thing. I mean, the, and again. Oh, yeah, that factored in. Sure. Yeah, the lack of, lack of a blowout or, or their blowout, and that would factor in, too, on this. So, guys, I've by the way, some, I have these some last bad two news. games. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. I have some bad news. I missed uh, the Northwestern loss last year, 79-78. So he's 1-8 in one score game. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> Just thought I'd, I'd update Just you guys on that. Fun. <laughs> it's great to have you around. <laughs> All right. Uh, do Will Bolt next. <laughs> oh, dude, he probably will. Uh, <laughs> will, will I, I guarantee you, Will Bolt's in a lot better shape in one score game. Yeah. How, True. Okay. How <laughs> or, or what, and what's a one score game in baseball? Yeah, that's right? a good point. Four? <laughs> yeah, you got to do it like it's a save. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's, a, that's very Same confusing. situation. That's, that's very confusing. And there are no one possession games in volleyball because you can always win. So uh, That's true. Uh, that's true. Now, I, I, here's something interesting. You know, we were talking about this on my show yesterday. We've, we've seen in the past, you know, with Riley, with Callahan especially, there were lame duck coaches, right? You, I mean, you knew what was going to happen at the end of the season. These last two games, outside of the fact you can still get a win over a rival, that's still important. But when it comes to making, when it comes to the big picture, they have no impact. these next two games have zero impact. Because the team you're going to see on the field next week at Wisconsin and the week after that against Iowa is not going to be the same team you see next year, and it's going to be a different coaching staff and under different you know parameters, and 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 it'll be a whole new evaluation period. I, this is unprecedented. These these are lame duck games almost, which is just, just going to feel weird. Yeah, the closest thing. It's not exactly one to one. The closest thing it is that Holiday Bowl against USC when uh, Barney Cotton was the coach, and that was or a, the, or the uh, Independence Bowl because remember that Ole was Miss. during a time where they were transitioning and they had a lot of you know they had right. a lot of people come which, in and help out when they were fired when they fired those. Assistants. By the way, I think Scott Frost was a grad assistant on that team. Yes, he was. He came <laughs> over and helped before he was the, one of the. Who came over and replaced the staff who went in there for that uh, game yep. against Eli Manning? Yeah, uh, as I recall, where Nebraska ran a terrible fake punt. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that that was gonna go right to my question for you. Like, what? Uh, it, it, and does that mean that there's very little impact on wins, losses, blowout wins, two and zero, zero and two? I mean, I, I know it's not changing the decision by Trev, but 
How much can you harm or hurt momentum with these two games, do you think? Well, I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, we, people have dug their dug into their trenches um, for their arguments. So, yes, if, if one or both of the games go really, really bad, the detractors are going to be even louder. If Nebraska happens to win one of those games, um, then the supporters are going to say, see, everything's working. I would, I mean, I, I just want to be, I want to be consistent for myself. I'm not going to, re- I don't really know how I'm going to react either way, but I do know that these games don't have any bearing on the bigger picture. And so maybe what, how, maybe the best way to look at it is you are truly in the role of spoiler. Wisconsin is now in the driver's seat if they win out. They can win the West. Iowa, you know, I guess, you know, is still in that kind of position. But you also have these rivalries, and you haven't beaten these teams in what seems like forever. So guess what? Just go out there and try to spoil. I mean, truly yeah. try to go out and spoil something. That that would be my suggestion for anybody, no matter what side of the argument you're on, because I think we all agree at the end of the day, you want to see the team in the white helmets with the red ends win. So... Let's just treat these games, you know, like we're they're the ultimate spoiler and we can mess up somebody else's day. And let's leave the arguing over what should happen long term for the offseason. There's a part of me that makes me look forward to the games more because of that, to be honest, um, just because it's not necessarily going to be a referendum for people to d- people still will, but not nearly as much because the decision has been made. And I'll tell you what, I guarantee the athletic department is envisioning and hoping, fingers crossed from a PR perspective, a win against Iowa with a fan storm in the field afterwards with a with a victory. Um, and yeah. that's the final that's the final image of the season. If I can work it into my schedule, I'm going to try to go to the Iowa game as a fan. I haven't done that in a long time. I'm going. You can tailgate with me before. All right, let's do it. There you go. All right. John Bishop. Good to talk to you, John. Have a good show today. See you guys. John Bishop City. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss Sleep Number's Veterans Day weekend sales. Save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free premium home delivery when you add a base. That ends next Monday, November 15th, so get into the store now. You're going to find them here in Lincoln, just east of Cotton Renault, next to Whole Foods. Stop in and tell them Jack sent you. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, got a couple pairs of LSO tickets left. Symphony Orchestra, if you want to go to the show on Friday.